Do you want to have a fabulous and unique vacation experiencing spectacular scenery, spending the night with reindeer, and seeing polar bears? Stay tuned for these and many other exciting things to do in Norway. It's definitely more than ice and snow. Thank you for listening. You can listen to all our shows on iTunes and uh, TravelAdviceShow.com. And I'm Chris Newton, one of the co-hosts, and I'd like to introduce my other co-host, Jerry Fuller. How are you doing, Jerry? Fantastic. Oh, great. And I'm really excited to introduce Morgan McKenna of Kensington Tours because we're going to talk about Norway, one of the most beautiful countries in Europe and probably in the world. Welcome. Welcome, Morgan. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, Morgan. Yeah, thanks. We'd like to begin, first of all, can you give us a bit of an overview of Norway? Um, where is it, and what does it look like? And um, Well, it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> That's the first thing. Um, uh, it's located in Scandinavia, so it's right beside Sweden. Um, and what's great about Norway is it is it is in Scandinavia, but on the opposite side, you've got the ocean. So you've got both, uh, both, I guess, both best things of the world that you can have. You've got water on one side and you've got land on the other. Um, what's really great about Norway is you've got uh, beautiful fjords, um, beautiful nature, drastic landscape. Uh, the people are fantastic. Um, there's, there's so much that Norway has to offer in the wintertime, in the summertime, in the springtime. Uh, it's just a fantastic place to go to. Nice. And you were talking about the springtime. Is there a better time to go, or what is the best, or is there a bad time to go? Uh, no, you know what? I wouldn't say there is ever a bad time to go. It really depends on how people like to travel and what they want to see. Um, I actually love the wintertime, so I've been over the wintertime, and it was fabulous. And that's kind of the best time to see the northern lights is over the wintertime. So... Right. You can go to the Arctic, which is Tromsø and Kirkenes. So Tromsø is kind of the gateway to the Arctic, you can say. Um, and that's usually where you would see the Northern Lights. And then you have lots of really interesting cultural tours that you can take. Um, you can do dog sledding and snowmobiling and reindeer safaris. Um, they have a local uh, indigenous culture, and they're called Sami. And so then you can learn about Sami people and, and how they live um, there's still a good amount of Sami people living up in the Arctic to this day. So uh, it's it's very different from where I'm from, and I absolutely love to learn about new cultures and see new things. So you can go all year around. Uh, if you don't like minus, sorry, I speak Celsius, but if you don't like minus 35 or 37 <laughs> degrees, that's completely understandable. <laughs> it's not your bag, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, then I would definitely recommend springtime to about September. Yeah. Uh, that's usually when Norway has its best weather. All the ferries are running out of time to go through the fjord regions, um, and then that's when you get the most drastic landscape you can imagine, okay. similar to Alaska. Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah. it really is neat. 
and you're talking about the Thamis, let's spend just one second on them, because it's amazing that they really are not bound by boundaries. And you That's can correct, yep. Them. Yep, they're nomadic, and they go back and forth between Sweden and Norway, and um, they have reindeer, and uh, basically raise them. Very interesting culture, isn't it? It is a really interesting culture, and I think much like most indigenous cultures, there are a lot of similarities between them, very nomadic, um, living off the land. Uh, but to see it today, where there's still that cultural aspect to it, and they still live in today's day and age, so they still have cell phones. And, you know, before when they would, you know, get to places by foot, now they have a snowmobile. It just makes their life a little bit easier. Uh, that said, they still have all the traditions that they value uh, so dearly. Um, and they still heard, uh, they still heard reindeer. And the only in the Arctic and here in the Lapland, which is what you were saying, so crossing over from Norway to Sweden is is considered the Lapland. Up in the Lapland, the only people that can actually own a reindeer are Sami. Oh. So if if you're not Sami, you can't have that. <laughs> it's kind wow. of the wow. the thing you're not allowed to have, although everyone wants it. Um, yeah. And it, and and they take a lot of pride. They take a lot of pride in their herds, uh, and they take a lot of pride in in their culture. Um, and they live, uh, I guess, to some degree, I think for for us who are city folk or even ourselves country folk, they live a very pleasant, somewhat attractive lifestyle where, you know, you're sitting there and he's sitting across from you and he's wearing his, his uh, national garb, I guess, his dress. And he's telling you about some horrific story that he's had in, you know, minus 40 degree weather. And he's got this big smile on his face. And you think, wow, you've really lived life. I mean, you have no worries <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> don't worry about taking the subway or you yeah. know if you're going to be in line for how long and he just seems like the happiest person alive That's and great. he said that he said well what do i have to i mean look where i am look what i get to see every day and i thought yeah you're right i mean it's just a very very nice lifestyle um but very interesting people so they still go to school they say you know very much like we are uh, but uh-huh. they have different values and different traditions than what we're used to. Can you stay in that area too? Is there accommodations, or you know, to, or, or is it kind of just a one? You could go in and see, and then and then leave kind of thing for one day, or. or... Uh, we do. We do offer. Yeah. Um, there are places that you can stay, so you can oh, you right. can for one night. I guess you could say feel like a Sammy. Oh, so you nice. can stay in a traditional Sammy tent, which oh, is, I highly recommend. Yeah, that'd be great. Because it is a once-in-a-lifetime chance, but you'll be sleeping on reindeer hides. Oh, and it, uh, it's a different experience, but it is off the bucket list. Like, you have to yeah. do it because you'd never yeah. experience it anywhere else. Yeah, that sounds unique. Yeah. yeah. And, and what they do is they go away for months. So when his herd is up grazing, he is making sure that they're, they're watching them and that they're around for them. And he said it's like having, you know, 700 children. You have to be really, you have to be careful. You have to make sure that they're eating correctly and they're not eating any poisonous berries or shrubs or they're not disrupting any other farmers because they are, as you said, Jerry, they are able to graze uh, where they like. Um, so you have to be really careful that you're not disrupting any other farmers and that uh, they're not causing a problem. So they live in a Sami tent, much like a traditional North American Indian teepee, and they set it up and take it down daily. So that's all they wow. have with them. That's cool. Yeah. And they still do that today, which I think is amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere would you find it. I mean, I wouldn't do it here in Toronto. I wouldn't pack up my house and move <laughs> to the next spot just to get to work the next day and move back. But they do it, and he's just so happy about it. It's just such a different lifestyle. Cool. <laughs> Let me ask, is there um, a minimum length of stay that you would recommend for the first-time visitor to Norway? 
Um, it depends when they're going. If they're going in the wintertime, then I would definitely recommend a minimum stay because you have to remember you get to see the Northern Lights, which is absolutely amazing, and, and most likely you will see them because in Norway, northern Norway, uh, especially in Trump, so it's one of the best places you can see the Northern Lights. Uh, but what can get you to is the 24 hours of darkness. So with the Northern Lights, they do have the dark side of, of winter, which is kind of interesting. It's very different from what I'm used to. Um, and it's nice at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it's pitch black. So that, that's really interesting. You think after about five, I say six days, then you kind of start, it starts to, you know, settle in a little bit. And that's when you get, I would say you get a little bit itchy and it's time to go home. But in those six days, you can have the most incredible trip possible. Um, in the summertime, so I'd say springtime to about September-ish, you can go, you can go seven to 10 days, you can go 12 days. And Norway is that one place where once you're finished your trip, you think I can definitely come back here and I can do it for longer. Um, nice. And I think part of that has to do with the Norwegian people. They're just so lovely and so friendly, and they're, they've got such a great sense of humor. Not at all what you'd ever expect. Um, so, yeah, you could definitely, I'd say seven to ten days in the summertime, and I'd say six to seven pushing it in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I really like about Norway is their transportation and their uh, road and ferry system. I mean, it's a great way to travel about to see everything. Do you Fantastic. recommend a combination of any of those or a specific kind? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what Norway's really good about is it is it is a very wealthy country. So uh, all their ferries, all their trains, all their coach buses are top notch. Um, they've really taken into consideration how to see the fjords from a traveler's point of view. So even though you'll see if you go to the Norway Rail, you'll see Comfort Class, spelled with a K, which a lot of people are going to say, that's not right. Um, Comfort Class, which is considered first class, and then you have second class rail. And the only big difference between those two is that in Comfort Class, you get coffee, tea, and a newspaper, and in second class, you don't. But the seats, the viewing windows, the leg space is all the same. So that, I think, is really interesting in that, you know, in North America, it's a little bit different. You have segregated cabins first class is usually a lot more space you get better service in second class you're a little bit more crammed together not in norway they've they've really made it great for travelers to be comfortable all around so some who want the the service and have the extra coffee can pay for it and some who don't can still enjoy the same leg room same seats same viewing windows as comfort class um again their their ferries are fantastic they're not by any means rusted or or rickety or they're top notch um and the best way to see the fjords is as you said a series so you need to see it by train which can take you above on top of the mountains then you need to see it on ferry actually on the fjord and seeing them and then part of it you need to do in a coach bus because you need to drive through the mountains um, and into some of the tunnels and over the mountains. So the best way to see it is those is by public transportation. Would you recommend? Uh, is it a destination for children? I would say so. I mean, it um, if if you're interested in nature, you could definitely have families go and and really enjoy their time. Um, they have lots of touring that you can do along the way. Hiking is, is big. Kayaking is really big. In Voss, you can do whitewater rafting. Um, you can do glacier hiking. I mean, if you, if you have more of an active lifestyle and, and your family's active and you want an active 
uh, trip, you can definitely take them to Norway. And, and Scandinavians love to travel with their children. So you'll find that most hotels accommodate that. Restaurants are the same. Um, you don't, people will never kind of look at you funny if your baby's crying or if, you know, your children are fussy. That's just what happens in Scandinavia. They travel with their kids and they take a lot of pride in that. So you'll notice that when you go to Norway that kids are everywhere, which is fantastic. Can we talk just a minute about the price and the cost um, of traveling there? And not, not so much maybe the hotels. We can do that. But uh, for food and things. And like wow. <laughs> yeah, wow yeah. is the word. <laughs> wow. You have That's to the your, part. Yeah, you got to mortgage um, your home and your soul. <laughs> but it's worth every penny. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing that the U.S. dollar is very strong. Oh, nice. <laughs> right. 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 Um, yeah, that's the one. I don't even want to use the word downsize because it's not. Yeah. But that's the it's one thing about Norway is, that's it? different is that it is a little bit more expensive. Um, it's more expensive for food. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more expensive for, for water. Um, so that's where you would, you would see it the most is with food and even just buying souvenirs. It is more expensive in that respect. Um, so that's why using your uh, using uh, public transportation is much more cost effective, and then in the end it balances itself out. So you can have really great Nordic food and enjoy yourself, and then see in the fjords in the best way possible, and your trip costs will actually balance out that in that respect. Um, I traveled through Norway. I've been a couple times now, and I spent about 12 days driving through the fjords with a local friend, Ingve. Um And I said to one point, we got to Oslo, and I said, okay, you know what? What do you feel like? What What is it that, you know, that he, and he's Norwegian. He's just, he's, he's uh, born and raised just outside of Oslo in Drammen. And I said, what is it that, you know, fancies you? What do you want for lunch today? And he said, you know what I really go for? And I said, what's that? And he said, a burger. I was like, are you yeah. kidding me? Really? Like a hamburger? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I want right now. And I was like, wow, okay. Of all the things you can have, that's what you want. No problem. So we went and we had burgers and we didn't really have anything big. It was just a hamburger. And I think we both had sparkling water. And I, uh, I just wanted to thank him for taking me around Norway. And, and when I came back and saw my credit card statement, <laughs> I nearly I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was I about know. 80 Canadian dollars. <laughs> oh, geez, for two burgers. And, oh, right. and yeah. that would be about, what, like 55 American? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, yeah, that was, that, was, that, was a, that, was, that was a hard one to swallow. Um, <laughs> right. But that said, it was 100% worth it. Yeah, Everything. and a story came out of it. You know, I've told that story probably a hundred times <laughs> to various different people because I was completely shocked at the price. Yeah. Uh, but it was worth it in the end. Well, when we were, the last time I was in Oslo, um, my wife and I walked around trying to find a place to have dinner that might be unique, and there was a Caribbean restaurant. Can you imagine a Caribbean restaurant in Oslo? <laughs> and I thought, you know, this is so bizarre, and. and Oh, I thought, you know, let's go eat here. And she said, let's try it, because we both love the Caribbean. And so we go in there, and uh, we eat a normal dinner. And uh, I have my normal two desserts. And, <laughs> well, and you have your drink. dessert first before the meal. I right? had one yeah. first, and I had one after, because yeah. I had two different ones. Yeah. And let me tell you, the food, and we had water to drink, and no liquor, no, not even coffee or anything like that, just water. And... The bill for two people came out to over $150. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be careful. Right. And it yeah. wasn't, uh, you know, massive yeah. meal with any 
pig out or anything like that except my two desserts. But my wife almost had an epileptic because it was my <laughs> first day there in, in Norway, that trip. And um, and so she about died. And I said, we'll get used to it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's cheaper than going to the Caribbean and it's, every bit is good. And they actually threw the uh, food in every day from the Caribbean. Oh, jeez. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, that's, 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 yeah, that's the other thing, too, is that the they're very true to it. So if you're eating Nordic, you're eating local, you know, farm-raised. I mean, nothing is really imported in. It, oh, it is it is great food, too. But it does fresh, fresh it does hurt the wallet a little, I'm not going to lie. But yeah. a good trick is actually someone told me is it, just go to, there's lots of corner stores, lots of grocery stores that you can yeah. go to. Oh, nice. Grab right. some granola bars. Grab some apples, things that you can have in your bag for mm. days that aren't going to perish. Right. Great thing to have with you when you're traveling to the fjords. That sounds it's, important. It's, it's yeah. easy. Yeah. yeah. Can we spend a little, little bit of time on talking about, I mentioned earlier, how long would you stay? What would you recommend somebody going to Norway their first time? Where should they go? And let's talk um, about summer. Yeah, so, so a lot of companies... And a lot of people would hear, if they're interested in Norway, a lot of people would hear what they call Norway in a nutshell. And I'm sure people have heard of it as well. And it's, it, that's, that's a really good first trip to Norway. And what, what it is, is you start in Oslo, and you go to Flom in, in the Songfjord. Uh, and depending on where you want to go after that, you stay in the, in the Flom region, in the Song region, and then you move on to Bergen. Uh, and that gives you a really good opening to the to the fjords. Uh, from that, there's various different things you can go to. And this is where we at Kensington do things a little bit differently because we do customize a lot of our touring. Um, you can start in Flom and then you can go to Balistrand. And Balistrand is located on the Song Fjord. Uh, and it's about an hour and a half ferry ride from Flom. And it's great for hiking. It's actually a beautiful setting. It's a, the hotel that is there. There's only two hotels, but the major hotel is called the Kvickness Hotel. Um, so Flom is a very busy area because it is kind of the gateway to the fjord. So it's the in and out of the fjord region. Uh, once you get to Balistrand, it's a little bit more quiet. So if you wanted to spend a couple of days there, you can do some great self-hikes. Um, they have a beautiful stab church uh, in Balistrand alone. It's a very small town. Uh, it's a nice, it's right by the fjord, so it's really nice to relax and in, and just enjoy your time there. And then from there, you can take a ferry and you can you can cruise the rest of the Songfjord. So, which then the Songfjord is the longest fjord in Norway, uh, and then you can move on to Bergen. In Flom, a lot of people do that trip, so they do Oslo, Flom, Balistrand, Bergen, and that's kind of Norway in a nutshell. But there are a couple things that people can be missing out on. One is the narrow fjord. Uh, so to, to give you an idea of what it looks like, and this is one of the challenging things I think people have when they look at a map of Norway. They're trying to understand how it works. But you have a lot of mountainous regions in there, so it, some of it doesn't always make sense when you're looking at it. Um, but when you're in Flom, the Narrow Fjord is a branch off the Orland Fjord. So Song Fjord breaks up the country in half, and when the Song Fjord... Uh, comes down into Flom, it breaks into a horseshoe. And on one side, you've got Flom, and on the other side, you've got Goodwagen. And the side that Flom sits on, that branch of the Songfjord is called the Orland Fjord. And on the opposite side, so the opposite side of the, of the horseshoe is called the Narrow Fjord. And they do offer lots of touring from Flom that you can do. You can cruise along the Orland Fjord and the Narrow Fjord. And the Narrow Fjord is actually protected under UNESCO. So it, it, it was my favorite fjord. 
that I've been on. It's, it's given the name. It's the most narrow fjord in Norway. Um, and once you get into Gudvagen, Gudvagen is an old Viking settlement. Uh, so you can spend a couple you can spend a couple hours there if you wanted to. You can do some hiking. There's white caves. If you wanted to go up to Stalheim, uh, you can go up to Stalheim, which is just about a 20 minute drive up the top of the mountain, and then you can see the Stalheim Valley, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, so you've got some choices when you're in Flam to do those. And I think a lot of people won't don't travel the narrow fjord, but I think they really should. It's one of the most beautiful fjords mm-hmm. I've been on. Um, and from there, you can then come back to Flam and you can move on to Bergen. And that's kind of what a lot of companies offer, and it's called Norway in the nutshell. Now, how long would you recommend they stay in Flam? Because it's probably, well, for being convenient to get to and for the hotels and restaurants and tourist facilities, it's fabulous. How, and all the things they can do, that you've mentioned many of them, how long would you recommend a minimum stay in Flam? Well, it you know, it, it again, it depends on how people want to travel and what they want to do. If they prefer to do a lot of self-guided hikes and they, and they like the more quiet, quieter side of things, I should say, then Balistrand. So I would say one night in Flam and move on to Balistrand for two nights, definitely. Um, if they like the busyness of Flam and they want to, you know, they want to do some good hiking uh, where they want to necessarily have guides or if they want to do some bigger touring, then two nights in Flam for sure. Um, you could even, I wouldn't do three because it gets to a point where there's a lot of travelers are moving in and out of Flam, so it can get a little bit busy, but two nights is perfect. Uh, you can do some kayaking, you can do, uh, some boat rides, some ferry rides, you can do some self-guided hikes, you can even do guided hikes. Um, there's a beautiful goat farm not too far away from Flam that you can hike up to and you can have some of the local, uh, delicacies, the goat cheese and goat milk, and you can have a nice lunch on the top of a mountain. There's some really, really great things you can do in Flam. Let me ask Outside you a question. Of, oh, go ahead. Sure. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's okay. Uh, let me ask this. Um, we've talked about Tromso and uh, the Sunny and the northern Arctic part. Now, there are several ways to get there. Uh, how? Well, let me ask this question. Would you recommend them driving up to the center of the country up there? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I uh, think driving yeah. to Norway is, it, I mean, I think it's really great, but you do need a lot of time. And I think that's the one thing that, that slips people's minds. Um, a, really good, a really good number to stick by is about 250 kilometers in a day. Uh, you can't, when you're driving through some of the smaller towns, you can't drive very quickly. You're usually driving up and around or through mountains. Uh, a lot of the times you'll come to various different smaller fjords, rivers, and ferry crossings that you have to board a car ferry for. So you have to wait. You have to pay locally for tolls and ferry crossing. Uh, a lot of people don't necessarily realize how long Norway is. It's actually a very, very long country. I know. Uh, so, yeah, so driving from, let's say, Oslo to Tromsø will take days. Um, <laughs> it's... It's not, it's not going to take a quick, you know, 12-hour jaunt. I'm talking <laughs> days to get up there. Although it would be wow. amazing, yeah. you need the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah, so some of the best ways to travel is you can fly. Uh, Scandinavian Airlines or Norwegian Airlines are fantastic. They mm-hmm. usually have really great, reasonable rates for flying oh. within Norway. Or you can take the Hurtigurten, uh, which is a cruise. It's a cruise boat that usually starts in Bergen and 
finishes in Kirkenes, or you can start in Kirkenes and finish in Bergen. Um, and that's a, another really good way to, to get around the country. I totally agree. And I, I, mentioned, I mentioned to you before we started recording, uh, a few years ago, uh, my wife and I started in Bergen, went up to Kirkenes, and came back in the round trip on the Hurdengurten, and it was fabulous. And one thing that's so unique about that, um, I'm not going to call it a cruise because it's technically a ferry, but it is a cruise because it has great food and wonderful sightseeing in the larger places. But it's, it's really a real ferry boat. I mean, kids yeah. will actually get on, and they have them going all the time. I don't remember how many boats. I think they have like 14 boat ships or something. But they, um, they're going all the time. And kids and people will leave in the morning. They'll go to the town to go to school, go shopping, and take one coming back in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's, it's real. And they put cars on there. They put um, cargo. And people get on and off all the way along. Yeah. It's, it's very Norwegian. It's very efficient. Yeah. It, and it, I highly recommend doing it for at least portions of your trip. And, I agree. Uh, and And you said you can do portions of it. So there are some some really great um, parts of the cruise along the West Coast. For example, Lofoten Islands, absolutely beautiful. Flying into Lofoten and staying in one area is a little bit more challenging because you can't really get around the islands very well. But going on to Hurtigruten, you can. And you can pick up the boat, um, let's say, in Trondheim, if you wanted to. You can, you can board the boat in Trondheim, and you can get off in, in Trumpso. So you don't have to do the full cruise if you don't want it to. You can do a portion of it. Uh, so it's a little bit like a hop-on, hop-off boat tour in some respect. Um, so that's what's also really great about it. But it is typically Norwegian, like you said. It's not necessarily a cruise. Uh, it's multifunctional. So you've got people, like you said, you know, getting on, going to school, using it as a ferry. It's also a mailboat. So yeah. you'll stop at about 40, I think it's about 45-odd ports. Um, not all of them you'll stop for a very long time. Some of them it's only 15 minutes, but it's to drop off mail, food parcels, anything that this little small town that you can't easily get to by land needs, and this boat does it daily. Uh, so that's also a different experience to a cruise boat. It's a little bit more real. You know? yeah. it's, a, it's a little yeah. bit more true uh, to Norway. So right. that also adds to the trip. That that's, also adds to the charm of what you're doing. That's cool. Yeah, it's what a real the- local experience, yeah. Yeah. Completely local. Yeah. Is um, when you're uh, some of them, you're really quite a short time, and it's fun to stand on the the rail and look oh, yeah. at who's coming on and off. And a lot of backpackers get on, and on board they have areas where uh, you can just sit. And uh, some people are even in the lounge, sleeping on the floor, because um, they're going like maybe overnight and getting off at the next stop. And um, so any income. Backpackers, students, um, anybody can go on it, and they have very nice cabins. They're not deluxe by any stretch, but they're very comfortable, very nice, and even have a, a lot of them have gyms on board, so it's really nice. Can yeah, it's spend, a great, yeah. great way to travel. Can we talk a little bit about uh, Spitsbergen? Sure. Because uh, uh, I really like it up there. Uh, well, two things I like about well, there's many things. But um, it's part Russian and part Norwegian, and it's really unique. They sort of share as far it's owned by Norway, but it's sort of shared by both of them. 
Can you tell yes. us what you might want to do when you fly the Long Johan? Yeah, so it's a very different feeling up there, and and I'm sure as you know, it's it's a it's a very different landscape than what you would see in Norway, in mainland Norway. Um, and it, and again, it it's um it's it's very interesting too. Uh, it has more of a hunter gatherer feeling to it, if that makes sense. The hotels are, are, are based around um, hunting and and to, it's some in some way kind of like survival. So there's there's a mix and in again in Kirkenes as well, there's it's you know, Kirkenes pretty much borders with Russia, so you've got the influences from both sides. Um, which is which is very interesting and creates a, almost a different culture in itself. Um, because you've got lots of people crossing over and coming back and it's the same up in Langyerben. Uh you've got that same mixed culture uh, that you wouldn't see anywhere else to be honest with you uh, there's lots of there's lots of really interesting tours that you can do in the summertime and in the wintertime in the wintertime it's similar to the arctic it is the arctic so you've got dog sledding and snowmobiling and and you have these tours and what we call them as tours but what we don't realize is that's a way of life for some people that's how I some people travel <laughs> yeah. right yeah. so we say oh my gosh it was great i went on this dog sledding tour and you know the person that's leading it uses that as a, as a daily mode of transportation and you just think, wow, like that's not the life I have. <laughs> and it's so interesting how people survive that way. Um, and that's, I think, one thing that I love about, you know, smaller tucked communities kind of out in the wilderness, like Longyearbyen and, and, and like a little bit like Kirkenis, not so much Trump. So Trump's was a big city, um, but they're, they're more of a survival town. You know, they, they're surviving on what they have around them. Um, and it's a very different way of life than what we're used to. So I think that's one reason why I do think people should go up and, and see there. And it's another, you know, checked it off my bucket list. I mean, who can say they've been to Long Yerbin? And a lot of people say, I'm sorry, what? Sorry, where was that? Young, 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 a what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, this is, the, most people go up there, I guess, is to get on a cruise ship, I guess you'd say. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and would you talk about uh, how many days you might want to spend on that cruise ship and what you might do yeah so those that i would you definitely have to look at like an expedition the different different style of cruising to what i think a lot of people have in mind you know on on a regular cruise of the caribbean let's say that's that's not what you're going to be doing um when you take a cruise up in long Yerbin. but that said it is it is completely different from what anyone would ever expect. And I think a lot of people do it not knowing what they're, gonna, they're going to, in a sense, achieve at the end of it. And when they're finished, they're blown away. Some of the nature that you're going to see is truly amazing. I mean, you'll see polar bears. A lot of people say, oh, well, you can see polar bears in you know, mainland uh, Norway. And it's, it's no, actually, you can't. And you're almost hard-pressed to see them in Longyearbyen as well. You have to go farther into the north. Uh, to see them. And, and then you see these old mining settlements that have disappeared and you think there's just a lot of history there that you, you wouldn't actually believe existed. Um, and, and the expeditions are expeditions. I mean, they're beautiful boats. Uh, a lot of them can be old Russian boats, like old um, expedition, uh, what do they call They're I'm losing the word here, but they're... Um, like uh, a little bit like it, but it's more a frigate, um, a frigate or something. Or a frigate, yeah. They're more like um, it's like scientific boats, research oh, boats. Oh, okay, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've been converted into biology cruise boats. and 
and stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So okay. so that's also interesting because it's got a lot of the old, Same. you know, Russian equipment that's left on the boat that you get oh, to that'd see. Be cool. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. Not all of them, but a lot of them are like that. Uh, uh, and then the cruises usually last. They're a little bit longer than normal. They're about 15 days. Uh, but you're cruising into... In, in some respect, the unknown. You're cruising into waters that aren't heavily traveled. Uh, so you do need that time to kind of see it all and to see. And you'll see lots of Arctic uh, vegetation and lots of Arctic animals and things that you just didn't, didn't ever expect to exist there. Uh, so if you have a little bit more of the adventure side to you, definitely take an Arctic cruise. Definitely do an expedition because um, you'll see things that you've never seen before. I know that um, Chris would be in heaven up there, particularly um, in the uh, winter, oh, not yeah. the dead of winter up there, because, Chris, tell what your favorite hobby is doing in the mountains of Utah. Oh, I like backcountry skiing or cross-country skiing and things like that, yeah, so that would be... Oh, wow. That would be perfect up there, it's on. That would be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, you'd definitely be in your element yeah. in the wintertime up there. Yeah. Um, you You would have a wonderful time. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, they, and I like it in the summertime, uh, warmer time, because I like to sea kayak. And they have uh, very good sea kayaking, and they put you in these zodiacs sometimes, and you go into different areas. It's really a phenomenal trip up there. And as you say, rarely do you see anybody. Once you get on that boat and you start heading up, uh, once in a while you'll see another boat. But it's, it's really quite up there. Now, could you yeah, very remote. Can you talk about uh, a price? Uh, if somebody's on a budget, could they afford doing uh, one of the boat cruises up there? Uh, they can I don't now. Know what budget would be. They can now. Before, it was only done by uh, more established companies. But the Hertogorten actually has opened up a new expedition cruise. Um, up to Longyearbyen. Now, they don't cruise farther up into, like, northern Canada, per se, or, you know, go as far as into Greenland or anything, but they do They do cruise along Slavbard, and it's, uh, it, it's more affordable than going with, like, an established expedition uh, cruise line, which only does those cruises. So, nowadays, any budget can do it, um, and it's just, it's just choosing the right company that works for you. Mm. Very good. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about that uh, our listeners would need to know to make their trip there better, Morgan? Um, well, one, they definitely have to go. <laughs> Not, I, think, <laughs> yeah. I will, I will have my word on it. They will absolutely love it. And it is, yeah. again, one of those places that calls you back. Every year, if I could go, I would. Uh-huh. Um, it's just, yeah, I do think if you've been once in the summertime, then you owe it to yourself to go in the wintertime right. because it's a very different uh, side to Norway you see in the wintertime. And what I also find very fascinating about the Northern Lights is in each culture, it, it speaks to something different. So in a Chinese culture, it speaks to fertility and longevity. And, you know, Northern Canada, to some degree, if you yodel down to the, uh, to the Northern Lights, it will take your soul. And to like northern Norwegians, it's just a day of life. It's just what they call is you know like pride in the sky. It's dancing. It's beautiful. So there's lots of stories behind it. Lots of myths. Lots of different um, different traditions based around that. And then you have the midnight sun. If you didn't want to go in the cold, but you still wanted to go into the Arctic, you can you can have 24 hours of daylight. Um, you can do midnight sun hikes and kayaking and 
uh, and and the fjords are just absolutely stunning. So Norway, Norway is almost like five countries in one. Mm. You know, it, it caters to everybody, and it and it's all year round. Um, and there's there's a different there's a different activity that everybody can can enjoy. Um, and again, like I said, I can't say it enough. It will call you back. I promise you that. I'll bet money on it. <laughs> I know. I've been there probably 20 times. That's great. And I absolutely exactly. Wow, yeah, 20 times. Back. Yeah. Well, Morgan, we uh, thank yeah. you very, very much. This has been most informative, and we appreciate it. Yeah, can Morgan. Can you tell everybody how they can contact you? Oh, sure. Um, so you can either give us a call at Kensington Tours. Um, it's one eight eight eight. Nine zero three two zero zero one. We have a couple of Scandinavian specialists. I myself am one, so my extension is two seven seven. But you can just call in and just say, you know what, I'm interested in going to Norway, and you will reach one of our Scandinavian specialists that can help you out. And would you get the website, please, of your company? Sure. So it's uh, just www.kensingtontours.com. Uh, we list some of our itineraries up there, but like I said, we really do try to work with our clients and, and create the perfect trip. Uh, so sometimes we'll have people calling and say, you know, I have family heritage. I'd like to go to this very, you know, small town in Norway. Most likely we can do it for you. I've done many, many heritage tours in the past, and uh, they've been very successful. That's great. Well, we thank you very, very much again. Yeah. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Morgan, it was great to hear your enthusiasm for Norway. It sounds great. Oh, I love yeah. it. Great information. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Chris and Jerry. I really appreciate you allowing me to speak about this today. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to our show from all around the world. We really appreciate that. And we'd like to uh, give a shout-out. Uh, thank you to Stephen Pratt for helping compose the music, the wonderful intro and the ending of the show. And i also like to uh, say thank you to James Steed uh, for helping with the website and audio information. And also Nate Scholes um, about uh, getting us on the right track and helping us on the podcast on Travel Advice Show. Um, so thank you so much and uh, enjoy all your travels around the world.